God is so good. As Pastor Dean said, I know a lot of us came here this morning, maybe with sickness or pain or some kind of circumstance, but I don't know what it is that you're going through, but I do know this, that Jesus loves us so much that he'll do anything in his power hunting you down to find the lost. And that's what this sermon is all about today. You guys, thank you, brother. So if we could open our Bibles to Matthew 18, 12 through 14, say amen when we're there. 18, 12 through 14. Let's read that together. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Amen. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and pray to our Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you that you are here in this building, here in this place, that your presence is here, Lord, all around. I thank you for worship, Lord. It's my therapy, Father God, and I soak in these songs and just... Use me as a vessel here today, Lord, and I pray that several who are lost, wandering sheep, stop roaming and round and come to your presence, Lord, and start following the one and only shepherd, our heavenly father, once and for all. I pray here this morning that we stop messing around with our faith and our walk and we put you first in our lives and everything that we do in all aspects of our lives, that we put our trust in you and follow you. All God's children said, amen. I remember years ago, I was probably Ryland's age, and I was with my family on a vacation, and I was with my dad and a store, and I took my eyes off of him just for a minute. I wasn't paying attention to where my dad was, so I did not follow his lead, and unfortunately, I got lost, and I would eventually find my parents hours later wandering on my own. I was in harm. Because I did not follow someone's lead, it made it extremely difficult to find them. Someone could have taken me. I was nervous. But guys, that reminds me of this parable. This reminds me of our shepherd. When we get lost, we are in great danger. We're in harm and we're roaming around being lost sheep. Jesus cares for us deeply, though. And he loves us so much that he seeks us out and paid the ultimate price To redeem us. The gospel and this passage mostly is all about God's love for us and his lost sheep. And that he gives his beloved son for the salvation of all. He doesn't want any of us to perish, it says. To be lost or even in the wrong direction. To be in danger. So what does Jesus do here? He searches high and low for us. He never gives up looking and longing for us. When we are lost, what happens? We get confused, discouraged, disoriented, and we're in great harm and we're in danger because sheep are so dependent and reliant on their shepherd for everything. Without their sheep, we ultimately die. And without Jesus Christ in our life, we will perish forever. 
They require constant care, constant communication. So leaving them unintended put them at great risk and greatly endanger their lives. In this passage, Jesus is telling the story of a shepherd. He has a hundred sheep, it says, and one, just one of them goes astray and is lost. But he finds, he finds that unacceptable and unsettling because he loves us so much. And I don't know about you guys, but if I even ever got a 99% in school, I was rejoicing. I was surprised. I thought they maybe misquoted it or something. There was no way, no how, not me. But not Jesus here. He's like, one's missing, it's one too many. Come back, return to me. Get out of harm. I want you to enjoy paradise in heaven with me forever. So what does the shepherd do? He goes on his own way. He leaves the 99 because he knows they're okay. They're in the comfort of him. And he goes after that one astray lost sheep. And he goes after them. You guys, this is a parable about the characteristics that we're to have of followers of Christ. And to me, I always think of a parable as something that's happening here on earth that reveals something happening in heaven. So churches is our responsibility. It's our duty that we must extend a helping hand to those who have went astray. We could pray for them, but we could also talk to them. But most importantly, in my opinion, Our actions should lead them to Christ. They should know that we're followers of Christ by our actions, our fruit of the Spirit. So make sure, church, including myself, that we are following our shepherd. Be alert and sober-minded, as 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us. It says, if we could put it on the screen, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, you guys know it, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What's so important is in this verse, Peter wrote this to warn us that suffering does not only come in the physical warfare. It also is spiritual. The devil will lie to us saying we're not worthy, we're not able, we're not capable when God will say everything else, the complete opposite. So what Peter is telling us in 1 Peter 5 eight is we tend to only focus on what? Our sufferings? And we dwell on them so much that we forget about the love of God. And we forget about the goals that we have in mind. That we tend to lose our act when we are put into hardships. And when trials comes our way and when we're persecuted, we forget about the love that Jesus has for us. And we tend to just let our emotions override our faith and empower us even if We know that our goal is to be strong in the Lord and to follow his ways and not our own ways. You guys, we're just like sheep. And not in the way they look, but in the way they act. The way they act. And here are um, five ways we're like sheep. The first one, if you're taking notes. Sheep follow others blindly. Blindly. Sheep have this instinct to follow the sheep in front of them at all costs. For instance, even when you notice when one sheep decides to go somewhere, what happens? The rest of the flock follow them, even if it is not a good decision. Wow, that sounds like us. For some of us, we follow the popular kid in school. 
For some of us, we follow the person who has the most followers because we just want to be like them instead of following our shepherd. And what leads to this? Well, if one sheep jumps off a cliff, the other likely to follow because they have no sense of direction and cannot defend themselves in times of trouble. That really stinks that we're like sheep, (laughs) right? But we are. We do this. But it's up to us that we must make the change. Number two, sheep are emotional and recognize the shepherd's voice. Sheep also have this remarkable instinct for knowing the voice of their shepherd as their emotional animals. And they also fear a stranger's voice and flee. They run away when they're not used to God calling them. When they're shepherd, when they're not used to the shepherd calling them. And since they're emotional, they also have the ability to build friendships with other sheep and get anxious and sad when their sheep friends are lost or when they end up dying. And just like sheep, we get anxious and distressed and feel sadness. It's important, you guys, that we listen for the shepherd's voice to keep us calm in times of trouble. Otherwise, we too would be left off by a stranger's voice and encounter real harm and lead to death. John 10, 27 is such a good reminder of this. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We have to recognize the voice of the Lord, our shepherd, and follow his way and not our own way. Number three, sheep are not meant to carry burdens. Praise the Lord, we aren't either. And that's why so many times we try but we fail and we cry out and we're more depressed when we try to carry our own burdens instead of Jesus carrying them for us. Have you noticed when you see a sheep, you will never see sheep carrying a pack on their back? You know why? They weren't meant to carry a heavy load. The good news is we weren't meant to carry a heavy load either. We weren't meant to carry our burdens either. In fact, we are to give Jesus our heavy load so he can carry it for us. It says in Psalm 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. That gives us hope, right? We don't have to carry this load anymore. And for me, personally, it gives a big weight off my shoulders knowing that God does it. Number four, sheep will settle for less. When sheep are thirsty, they will stop in a dirty puddle right in front of them instead of going for the clean waters just ten feet ahead of them. Sadly, They're content with filth if it satisfies them at the moment. For us, a lot of us encounter a sin. And if we're okay with it, we become content and okay with it when we should just go the right way. You guys, sheep, they stink and they don't even know it sometimes. Because they lack discernment and judgment and don't know what is good for them because they're roaming around in the wrong direction. Now, how many of us have settled for less and not realized there was clean water just 10 feet ahead? It's because, you guys, we are content with filth and don't know we stink. We are. And this is why we need a shepherd. He leads us to better things. And cleans us up when no one else will even touch us. 
We are saved. We are healed by his stripes. Psalm 23, 1, 2, one of my favorites. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And the fifth reason why we are like sheep. Sheep are valuable. Fact, sheep were treated as prized possessions in Jesus' day. So you were counted as a wealthy man if you had a big flock of sheep. Because they provided valuable things such as meat, milk, and wool, and they produced offspring. Shepherds also made many sacrifices to make sure that their flock were taken care of, that they were protected and loved because they knew that it was their livelihood at stake. But you guys, I want to ask you this. How much more precious are we than smelly sheep? Well, God compares us to sheep in the Bible because he views us as priceless. So valuable that he was willing to give his life for us. We don't deserve it, but we're thankful for it. John one twenty nine says why the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Aren't we so thankful that we have the Lamb of God? So in this passage of Matthew, all the sheep are followers of Christ. Except that one that is lost. And this parable is also recorded in Luke 15, 4 through 7. And I'll read that to you guys. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sin who repents than over one ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. It's remarkable to see the joy of the Lord from one sinner coming back to knowing our heavenly father. One lost person coming to his arms. He's telling everyone about him. He's so excited and ecstatic that the lost sheep is finally found. Let's fill in the blanks as followers of Christ. We must, number one. Pastor Dane's been saying this a lot, and it's true, is pray for the lost. And never give up on them. As God never gives up on us. Man, there is a lot of people who are lost. And maybe not even just don't know Christ, but people who have walked away from God. And there's people in our lives that need us to be a vessel and lead them to Christ. Are we not only just praying for them and never give up on them? Remember when we were lost, God never gave up on us. Number two, lead them to Christ. Lead them to Christ. As I mentioned earlier, by our actions, people should see that we follow God. And then, of course, we could lead them to Christ by knowing the word and telling them what they have to do to follow Christ. But Christ does the saving. But at least it's our part to lead them to the one who saves. And number three, not allow them to sink, but bring them back to the surface and have them swim once again. And you guys, before 
Brittany and I got married. Do you guys remember MapQuest? It was a huge thing. And I wanted to surprise Brittany, and I loved surprising her, so I wanted to go somewhere, but I didn't want to get lost. And if she followed my lead, I'd be a horrible shepherd because I would get lost everywhere, y'all. I'm not joking. Everywhere. Brittany's house was four minutes away, and I would get lost. Can't believe I'm announcing this in front of the whole congregation. But anyways, I would have to type into the GPS where I wanted to take Brittany as I was horrible with directions, and it would lead me to where I wanted to take her. In the same way, when we get lost or we go astray in our GPS, we must plug in wherever my shepherd wants me. Wherever my shepherd wants me. Wherever my shepherd wants me to follow him. Because you guys understand that God is our navigation. When his sheep are lost and we have no clue where to go, he leads us back in the right direction, being the great shepherd that he is. And he brings us back to the surface so we're able to swim once again with our chains untied on our backs evermore. And we're loose, able to swim once again. And not sinking, but swimming. So Isaiah 53, 6 says this, though. We are all like sheep. We've all gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This describes the sin that we have here in our hearts, and we have all turned aside from God's ways to our own ways. So I want to ask you this. So what causes some sheep to stray away or get lost? Fill in the blank. Number one, lack of devotion. So many of us aren't devoted to Christ enough, including myself. There's days like, man, I don't want to read. Right? Being honest, I don't want to read. I don't feel like it right now. I'm the only one. <laughs> Let's be honest today, guys, okay? That's because sheep need to follow their shepherd if they're going to do well. But often sheep do the opposite and they look down to the ground and they have their heads down to the ground and never look up to see where their shepherd is. So when the shepherd calls, they don't even pay attention, but instead go their own route. This isn't just for the straying away person who's missed Christ, but this is like Alan. This is like all of us here today. We stray away from the Lord when we take our eyes off the Lord. When we're not fixated on Christ, it's easy to fall. It's easy to sin. It's easy to be like the world that we live in. Dark times. And you don't even notice a Christian from a non-believer. And that's a shame, you guys. That is a shame. We need to be like Christ, not like the world. So let's fill in your blank, guys. I want you to please remember this every day if you can. God spoke directly to me on this. You leave God out of your life. You miss the best thing in life. He's everything. He's our Savior. He's our Father. And He's saved us from damnation so we can go to heaven. And if He doesn't do one more thing for any of us, He's given us the greatest gift of all, and that's heaven. You don't want to miss it. So again, I'll say that you leave God out of your life. You miss the best thing in life. Another reason that sheep stray away is a lack of discipline, and they get distracted very easily. 
Sheep can get distracted by little things, by shrub, like bushes. Or it can be even trails or rocks or different animals they encounter on a path that lead them to take their eyes off their shepherd. Church, I don't know what you came with that's distracting your faith in your walk with our Lord and Savior. But I do know you came with many distractions. Many of you maybe have the Bible app or a Bible in one hand, but your phone just popped up with a Facebook ad. <laughs> maybe you're checking what NBA games are on. I never do that because you can tell. What's distracting you from taking your eyes off our shepherd? But to avoid being distracted, we must have the discipline to stay on the right path and follow our shepherd. To avoid being distracted, Patty, we must discipline to stay on the right path and follow our shepherd. Because John ten fourteen says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Ask you this today. Are you a sheep that knows Jesus? Do you know him? Not just say that you love him and you're in a relationship with him, but do you live for him in every breath you take? Do you take for Jesus? You know that little kid song? Every move. I ain't singing it, okay? Y'all will run away. Every move I make, I'm making you Jesus. Every roll I make, I roll with you Jesus. You guys know it, right? No, no. So every move the Lord makes, we should move with him. Kids know this. They teach us a lot of times, right? Man, my kids teach me sometimes. Well, daddy, every move you make, you should make with Jesus. I'm like, I don't want to hear it right now, dude. Stop preaching to me. Right? But it's true, they know. They know the right path, but sometimes we need to hear it from our kids. And number three, you guys, lack of discretion. Lack of discretion. That's because sheep, they get caught up with their eating. That sometimes they forget where they are and they lose their shepherd. What gets in the way that makes you lose your shepherd's attention? You know, for instance, maybe it's a bad circumstance. I know so many people who say that God is so good, but man, when storms come, he's nowhere near them. But we truly say in the church that God is so good all the time. It doesn't mean you always have to have a smile on your face or that you can't doubt. But it's realizing through those circumstances that we can lift our hands even if they're heavy to lift up. And we could praise God even through the rainstorms. Even during the storms that don't make any sense and we question God and we have doubt, we lift our hands and praise him through it. Guys, when we're dealt with bad circumstances, many times we lose track of our shepherd due to lack of discretion. A lot of times we think it's God punishing us, but sometimes he wants to teach us something very valuable. Church family, as I said, I don't know what you guys are going through. You don't know what I'm going through. But we must recognize what we say. We must recognize that God is truly good all the time. He is good when times are easy. God is also good when times are bad. He is good through the pain. God truly is always good. And next in your notes, if we come to that realization and we truly believe it by faith, not by sight, right? Not by our circumstances, then we can fill in this blank because it's so valuable. If you only worship and follow God when circumstances are good, we are worshiping our circumstances, not God. 
You understand, if when circumstances are good, God is so good. Oh, when circumstances are crummy, where's God? He is good all the time. We could praise him, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we doubt. We could praise our Heavenly Father because we don't want to be roaming this world without him. I'll tell you that, I'd rather know where I'm going than not know where I'm going. And you guys, that's what happens when sheep start to wander. When they start to wander, they start wandering further and further away from their shepherd's voice. And once this occurs, they're in great harm and great danger because sooner or later, that wandering sheep runs out of good pasture. And sins lead them away from the pasture that they need for good soul. And when a sheep wanders, they have no protection to guide them. And you're off by your lonely Wicked, evil self with the terrain, no terrain, as the sheep is without their protector, their shepherd. And wandering also means to roam. And do you know what roam means? It means you're going in the wrong direction. Come back. You're roaming in the wrong direction. And you know what that reminds me of today? Society. Mm-hmm. Society tells us what's right and wrong. This word right here, this Bible, some of us do this. We tend to rip it. Because you know why? It tells us one thing, but I don't think we obey it a lot of times because we follow the sins of the world. For example, in society today, we try to make wrongs okay. For example, we say that pornography is okay because so many people struggle with it in the church. We say that abortions, women rights, and my body, my choice, instead of calling it murder. We call homosexuality love between two people. We call premarital sex acceptable. When guys, what they really are is what they are. They're wrong in their sins. That's the bottom line. Their sins, we got to call them out for what they are in a loving fashion. We are to love people. Hate the sin, love the person. But so many times we're in church, and, and I'm not saying this church, guys. Pastor Dane does a great job. But we're, we hear other studies, and we don't hear about salvation often. We don't hear that sinning's wrong. Because we care more about the numbers than about people getting set free. If I'm being honest here today, many of us, including myself, get stubborn, selfish, lazy, We'd rather be stuck in our own sin than come back to our shepherd because we don't want to change. Or we have blinders on. Or we care about what our friends or family thinks. Who stinking cares what they think? But I want to ask you today, maybe you came here and you're feeling miserable because you're living in sin. You're going to think this is crazy, but that's a good thing. What do you mean that's good, Alan? I mean anything less than living a righteous relationship with God should make you feel miserable and want to change. It should make you feel miserable and want to change. Because if you have wandered into sin, into wickedness, saying this is not who I am or who I want to become, there's a reason why you're not joyful. There's a reason why you're not happy. But the first start has already began. This isn't who I am. Good. This isn't who I want to become. Good. Stop roaming around on your own and come to our shepherd. If you have wandered into sin... F.W. Norwell says this so perfectly. He says, life's greatest tragedy is to lose God and not miss him. So outstanding. 
You guys, there's nothing worse than that until you see people who repeat lies to themselves saying that they're fine. When you know your brother and sister, you know that friend that is so far off from God, that they're not fine, they're just saying that. And they don't want to even hear anything else, but they're not fine. We have all gone astray, it says, from God at one point in our lives and try to do life on our own and in our own terms, Romans 3, 11, 12 says. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. We become lost to God when we don't do what we were created to do which is to love Christ, worship Christ, serve Christ, lead Christ, and follow Christ. And all we need is a Savior to save us from sins of this world. Paul there makes it very clear that no sinner is exempt from God's righteous condemnation. He reminds us that there is no one person who is righteous, But the great news for the one who goes astray, Jesus cares so much about the lost. He forgives and rejoices when the lost is found and he goes out of his way to make sure he'll do anything in his path to get your attention. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of attention calls in my life where the Lord has tried to wake me up and grab my attention. Jesus wants nothing, though, nothing more than for you and I to go to heaven with him. He seeks after all and goes after both male, female, both young and old, righteous and not righteous. The biggest sinners of the world in our eyes, God hunts them down because he wants them to go to heaven with him and not perish What's so fascinating here, you guys, is the shepherd counts every one of his flock. And he knows the exact amount is a hundred. But one is missing. Just one. But what is fascinating to Jesus, it's not just one. He missed the sheep. And says he went after it. The shepherd himself, Jesus, goes himself as he finds it his task to find you and bring you back. Are we doing the same thing? Are we doing the same thing? We see a brother or sister who's gone astray. Are we trying to bring them back to church? Are we trying to bring them back into our shepherd's arms? Are we trying to lead by example and not smack talk our Lord and Savior even? You guys, what's so fascinating is the Lord knows the sinner took a different route. He knows that you've taken a different route. The great thing is he will find you and follow you. The Lord knows that when you've fallen into sin and temptation, and that's because the shepherd relies heavily on two things, his voice and the willingness of sheep to hear his voice. So obviously the sheep, the further the sheep is from the shepherd, the harder it will be for the sheep to answer and to respond. Just like in life, the further that we get away from God, the more acting we will not listen to our Lord and Savior because we're nowhere near him because our sin is so big that we don't even hear his voice anymore. Are you lost? Taking a detour 
and not hearing the Lord's voice because you have wandered so far. We have a Savior, though, you guys, who's ready to catch us. But we must follow his lead when he does catch us. Now, I know for some of you, you're thinking this because I talk to a lot of people. And do you think maybe God's hiding from you? Or maybe is it that you're hiding from God? Maybe it's that this whole time you're actually hiding from God because he's all knowing. He's all loving. He's all powerful. He knows everything about us. So maybe it's not that he's hiding from you all along. You've been hiding from God because so many times we don't want to take responsibility for our actions. It's easy to blame God. It's hard to blame ourselves because we're so prideful. In verse 13, it talks about God's, God's love. And it's kind and it's patient and his love is seeking. Thank God he doesn't cast us to the side for our wrongdoing and our shortcomings and failures. Because it's the grace and mercy of Jesus to heal our blemishes and forgive us of our sins. And when we hear the reaction of Jesus saying he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray, does it mean he favored the rebellious, less faithful over the faithful? Hmm. Well, no, this is what the Lord's saying. The lost sheep, right, is talking about he ran the risk of being lost forever. And that was like me. I used to lose my backpacks constantly in school. Actually, I, and I donated them to the less fortunate. That's what I would tell my parents, joking. I just donated to the less fortunate. You know what, guys, I really lost them often. So when they would appear once again, I was... So happy, but I think my parents were more happy since they were the ones having to buy the backpacks time and time again. And this is why the thing that makes it so joyful when you lose something is it ran the risk of being gone forever. And Jesus wasn't happy with that. He was sad. It was heartbreaking for him to have the risk of his one lost sheep being gone forever. That's amazing love. That's a love we can't even fathom. So there's this great joy of overwhelming joy and abundance of joy when the sheep comes back and is no longer in danger. Think about the amount of effort and time the shepherd put into his sheep. So much of the shepherd's time, valuable time, effort, and even suffering was invested into the sheep to make sure he wouldn't go astray and to make sure they're where they're supposed to be, and now he is where he's supposed to be. It's not because one or the other is worse or better. It's because that what was lost to Christ was now found to him, and that what was lost to us is now available to us. Luke fifteen seven. I'm going to read that again. It said, the Lord has the shepherd come home to his friends and family and says, rejoice with me, I tell you. That in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And we all know what this passage means. They were lost, but now they came back. In verse 14, in the same way, your heavenly father is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. He wants us, it says, to inherit heaven with him and be a part of his family. So Christ here in verse 14 uses the term little ones or child. And it doesn't mean young age ones. It means believers. 
These verses are a security that a believer has in Christ. We know that Jesus is very protective of his own children. That we are protected by God because Jesus came to save, not to lose his own sheep. He didn't come to do what he did to lose sheep. He came to save them. The father's overjoyed to have his children back and his child back. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing. One of my favorite in Luke, it says in 1510, in the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I'm going to close up here shortly. I just want to say this, Lord Jesus, draw us near to you. When you speak, may we follow you. And if we go into a dark place again, when we wander away, may we come back to our shepherd and hear his voice again. And you guys, just like sheep, we have no direction without Jesus. We don't know where we're going without Jesus. Ezekiel 34, 12 tells us, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. Jesus uses this parable in Matthew 18 of the lost sheep to show that the kingdom of God is acceptable to all even those who were sinners or strayed from God's fallen path, and to show you the love and the admiration that he has for you. There's a song that was it's going to be played right now. I told Pastor Dane it was so fitting for this. It's by Corey Asbury, a hippie worship artist, but he's one of my favorite writers. I just want to read a verse to you of the love of God And what he does to find his lost sheep. And it says, there's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down coming after me. So maybe you came here today being a lost sheep. And God's tugging at your heart saying, don't be lost anymore. Don't be roaming around in your own direction, but come to Jesus. We want to pray for you. Pastor Dane doesn't mind. I'm going to have him right here. And we want to just end service a little differently. We don't want you to leave this place roaming in the wrong direction, guys. So come to us with any prayer request. And if you've fallen away, we want you to put Jesus in the driver's seat of your life. But let's pray. I want to pray over you guys first. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you for the parable of the lost sheep that he came back and Jesus was just rejoicing. And the love that he has for all of his children is one we can't even fathom. But let us love more like you. Just put a burning desire in us to serve you, Lord, and to reach the lost so they come back into the presence of you. And so we know that they're not perishing, but we know that it won't be lost because they'll be followers of heaven. And we could delight with them in heaven once again. We love this church so much, Lord. But you love them even more. I love my family, Lord. I love my wife and kids and my parents and friends, Lord. But you love them even more. You're a good, good father. And we all say, amen.